Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. We begin with this, Mr. Lombardi. Is there anything worse than moving? I mean, I haven't moved in nine years. Nine years living in central Connecticut where I worked for ESPN. Now we just moved to Hohokus, New Jersey, which sounds like a made-up name, but it's a great name. You, though, have moved more than any person I feel like I know. What's it like for you? I mean, I am an expert on moving. I'm not an expert on moving. Millie's the expert on moving. Millie can actually move a house within two days. Like, her and her friend Bernadette can come in and literally pack, have it packed, unpacked, and you'll be having dinner on the veranda by five o'clock the next day. And they'll make the dinner too. And they will make the dinner. It's remarkable. I mean, they will make the actual dinner. I mean, it's like unbelievable. They have it. I have all these books, right? I have a huge, huge bookcase of all these books. And Bernadette has packed them numerous. She's had that assignment to pack to put them in. So now they have it to a science where they only put the books in certain boxes based on the color, and then they number it so when it comes to unpack, they know what box goes in what corner of the bookcase. I mean, they have it to a science. But this is years of practice. Like, you know, when you buy as many homes as I've bought in my life, you just you kind of have a sense of it, you know? How many times have you and Millie moved in your life? Uh, t- at least 10, over 10. I've bought over 10 homes. I mean, you're talking about San Francisco, Cleveland, Cleveland, Philly, Philly, Oakland, Oakland, Denver, Denver, uh, New Jersey, New Jersey, Delaware, Delaware, Cleveland, Cleveland, <laughs> New England, New England, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, oh, New Jersey. I mean, give me the best house. Give me the worst house. The greatest house I ever owned was in Cleveland. It was built, wow. they had these things called homoramas, okay? And here's a little unknown fact for our GM Shuffle crowd. Yugoslavia Air flies direct from Cleveland, or they did at the time. So in Cleveland, there was this huge Serbian population, Croatian-Serbian population, and they have these things called homoramas. And I bought this house on, on Countryside Drive in Broadview Heights, 361 Countryside Drive. Back when the Homerama was coming, it was made of this most incredible woodwork. The guy was such a craftsman. It was one of the greatest houses I've ever lived in back at that time. The other, the house in, had a house in Colorado and the house in Berkeley were pretty cool too. I mean, I've always, I'm, you know, the great Al McGuire story. Have you ever heard this great Al McGuire story? He becomes the head coach at Marquette University. Okay, he lands, the equipment manager picks him up. He's going to his press conference. He tells the equipment manager, look, buddy, I need three bedrooms, two baths. Go find me a house. The equipment manager goes out and finds the house for Al McGuire. He lives in it for the rest of his life. Like, that ain't me. <laughs> like, I, I got to pick the houses. Like, I like to know what I'm living in, you know, and so that's what's happened. But they can pack it up. I could have sent Bernadette and Millie there for no fee at all. Probably a, it would only cost you a Broadway show. <laughs> I'm in. Two tickets go see Network for Millie and Bernadette. It's amazing too. Like, I can't imagine, Mike, we used to move without movers. Like now when you have a mover, it's just like, it's yeah. me. Put this here, put that there, packing stuff up. Like I, I couldn't imagine life pre-movers. It's oh, amazing. No, it, it's amazing. I, I had no idea. And then you know, the communication with the movers has become increasingly hard now. But you know, you usually get a good guy. And if you tip them, you get a good guy, you get them on your side, you know, you feed them lunch. Yeah. Gotta feed them lunch. Oh, I was about to say we're ordering pizza soon. You gotta get the food, <laughs> gotta tip feed them well. Lunch. This, this guy's with your valuable. All of a sudden, they're they're like that scouts. ring. Oh my God, it's gone. They're like scouts. You put a buffet in front of a table, a bunch of scouts, you could kill 50 of them with one shot. 
No question about that. All right, moving on from my big move. Uh, we want to talk a little NBA before we get into the NFL stuff. How about the Lakers? They knew they had to make that big trade. The fact they got Anthony Davis now. I mean, look, at, we're going to talk a little NBA draft as well. But do you feel like now that we think about it a little bit, you got Anthony Davis, as you said, they're basically telling New Orleans, hey, you guys can't draft. You have no idea how to draft. Do you feel like the Lakers are the favorite in the West right now, as crazy as that sounds? I think they have to be, considering the fact that who knows, we think Clay Thompson's going to play maybe next March. You know, where is Garnett going to go? The hardest part about this NBA stuff for me as I sat back and watched it and we'll critique that we'll critique it later but is it's a reverse loaded system so the draft comes before free agency in football we have free agency we have free agency the offseason and then the draft so there's a symmetrical ability to figure out what your team's doing like I've been actually sitting here for the last six days trying to figure out what the hell the 76ers are going to do because they did nothing in the draft. I mean, they drafted, they traded for up for a guy, but they have all these other pieces they're trying to fit. And I don't know. Whereas before, you know, when the when free agency's first, then the draft, it's so much better. Yeah, it definitely changes things around. We'll talk more NBA stuff later on. But how about uh, your boy Chris Sims? I love Chris. Ranking his, <laughs> ranking his best quarterbacks in the league, he put Tom Brady. I want to emphasize this. He put Tom Brady as the ninth best quarterback currently in the game. Other guys who have not been selected yet, so these will be ahead of him, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck. Your reaction, Mike, Brady, ninth best. Well, look, I give Chris a lot of credit for having the balls to come out and put 40 things together. You know, everybody wants to be the critic and take shots at you. You know, he's got it, and he's going to stand there and defend it. I mean, I don't know how, you know – Look, I love Brady, and, and Brady has to be in the top five. I mean, to me, the problem is with these top 40 lists is, is you can't have a list with just 40 names on it. It has to be done by classification. So you've got to have five guys are blue-chip players. The next five guys are red-chip. And then after that, they're both, then you've got above the line. And then after, at some point, you're below the line. And when I look at his list, I mean, look, there's no freaking way, and I love Christopher to death, there's no freaking way I'm taking Tam Newton over Tom Brady. There's just no way I'm I'm doing it. There's no way I'm taking Andrew Luck, who throws as many interceptions, who's bad with the football. Now, I think what Christopher's doing here is he's looking at just sure, sheer arm strength. Like Russell Wilson, I like Russell Wilson, but to me, Russell Wilson's around in that. I like Carson Wentz better. So for me, this list is a little bit, I give him credit for having the balls to stand out there and take the heat because he's taking it. But I, I mean, I don't know how you put the GOAT, the greatest of all time, ninth, in front of, and like Cam Newton in front of him. Seriously. Yeah, that's the thing. I would do that. Lists are made to be debated, and that's what's fun about it. You say, how could you put that guy there? Why would you put that guy there? But top five feels right for Brady. Even if you feel like, yeah, 40, okay, aged, I get it. But Cam Newton? Like, right. like you said, when's the last time he won a big game? When's the last time he stepped up big time? If you said Aaron Rodgers, I get that. Mahomes even? Sure, one year, let's go. That's fine. I get it. Wentz, maybe? But, I mean, that's tough to not go top he, five. Here's what this list is missing. This list is missing the, the, the time when the 25 seconds clock starts till the ball is snapped that mind period this is what this this is what i don't think this list has given enough attention to it's you can be you might not be quick-footed but you're quick-minded and look there's so many and i think what christopher says is there's so many throws that the patriots offense gives brady that any quarterback could execute them a grant you could watch the tape and make that statement no disrespect however that being said brady gets them in so many great plays and he changes the protection so many times that changing the protection and rerouting the mic three different ways 
is so far away from where really what Russell Wilson does, what 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 Roethlisberger does at the line of scrimmage, even Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we know we took we got a lot of uh, talk about our commentary about Aaron Rodgers not liking to turn his back. I mean, Aaron's stuck in this system, and the more I think about Aaron Rodgers, let me ask you this, Ad. Aaron Rodgers wants to. He knows what he knows, right? So when he comes in off the practice, how does Matt LaFleur convince him that what Matt LaFleur knows is better than what Aaron Rodgers knows? Like, yeah, does, Matt LaFleur, like an impossibility. does Matt LaFleur yeah. say, hey, look, you know, when last year when I was at Tennessee operating the worst offense in the history of football, we did really good at this. You know, I think you should do this, Aaron. You know, like, seriously, how do you sell that? If you're Mark Murphy, you didn't even consider this element in, in his decision making. You've got a marquee great quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. You better bring somebody. And that's why I thought Mike Shanahan was the perfect guy for that job, because Mike brings in Super Bowls. He puts them on the table and says, hey, Aaron. Love you, bro. But I got four. Pardon my pun with John Gruden. Love you, bro. I got four. I got two Super Bowls here, you know, and I'm going to win more with you. Or bring you, but you bring in a guy with no experience. What does he say to Rod? Roger? Says, "Hey, bro, get out of here, man. I, I, I've done this. I've won Super Bowls. You were 29th in the league in offense last year." Yeah, it's all about pedigree. You're right when it comes to respect. Be, speaking of pedigree, in terms of odds to win the MVP of the season. It's interesting. It's, it's all quarterbacks. Again, as you'd expect, the NFL MVP odds right now, Mike, it's Mahomes, it's Wentz, and it's Luck. Now, Mahomes, so here's the corollary. So Mahomes, sophomore jinx, Wentz, injury prone, Luck throws, throws too many picks. Like, like, all three of those guys are great, and they may well be the MVP, but you could easily put a hole in each guy if you want to, too. Yeah, but Brady's won 74 games the last five years. <laughs> The closest competition is Ben Roethlisberger at 57. Like that win, the win column is again, Christopher's not given enough attention. I mean, Kyler Murray's 24th on his list. He hasn't thrown a pass yet. You know, I mean, Dwayne Haskins is 38th on the list. I mean, Robert Griffith is 36. Like at some point you get to this list. Look, I think Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, I wouldn't debate about him. I would rather have other quarterbacks than those guys. So, but when you get to this list, like I, I would say Jared Goff and the Rams fans, and look, I'm not a Ram fan guy, as you know, I'm not a Goff guy. Having him mm-hmm. at 19 seems a little bit low compared to Nick Foles and Derek Carr. Trubisky at 20 for me is probably the right area, although I like Garoppolo better than him. But to me, I, I just don't know. I think Goff, as much as I'm not a Goff fan, I think Goff's a little too low as well because I think winning does matter in this thing. I think helping yeah, your absolutely. team win does should matter in a quarterback. People say, I don't want to hear about the quarterback's one loss record. Oh, you don't? Well, I mean, he only wins MVP when his team wins. Yeah. I, it's true. <laughs> Completion percentage is nice. Touchdown, interception. Okay, let's get the wins. We'll be good to go. Look, I'm a son of a barber, so I know a little bit about barbershops. Do you know the guy will average over 3,000 hours of his lifetime shaving? Don't waste four months of your life overpaying for four performance razors. Get Harry's, a razor that's so sharp you can shave less often and save you money. Look, I know this for a fact because I use Harry's. Yeah, the closeness of it, Mike, the close shave, a smooth glide. I mean, anytime you're cutting and you get cuts and it's frustrating, you want to be able to enjoy your shave. And that's what Harry's does for you. Not only, like I said, it feels great, but it's a low price. So you want to join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash the GM shuffle. As you mentioned, listen, Harry's founders, they were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced gimmicks. These vibrating heads, flex balls, handles, looks like a prop in a sci-fi movie. Straight into like Kubrick's 2001, but it's perfect, Mike. It's only $2 a blade. 
You know, when I worked at the Patriots and, you know, the Gillette Stadium, they gave us a lot of shaving stuff. I used Harry's and Gillette because it was absolutely the best razor. I'm telling you, get a trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted aeronomic handle for an easy grip. I love the Winston. I think I'm Winston Churchill when I shave with it, but the Winston's great. (laughs) Five-blade razors with lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave. Rich lathering shave gel that will keep you smelling great. Look, to me, I think it's a great razor. Yeah, listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at Harry's Harrys.com slash the GM shuffle. If you purchase shop in store, Harry's razors are also available at Walmart and Target. Trust me, Winston Churchill would use them too. Absolutely. How about, was there more of a controversy the last few years in the NFL, more hand-wringing, more head-banging, the pass interference call? Like all of us, we're losing our minds, you, me, you name it. So the NFL competition committee, they finalized the pass interference rule. They're now saying this, Mike, under two minutes to go, in the half or in the end of the game, it has to be clear and obvious visual evidence in order for them to overturn it. Do you have any confidence that this will actually eliminate what was a real eyesore last year? No, I don't. And I think it's going to affect the over-under of games. I think this, this rule is going to over uh, – uh, because I think they're going to call it closer. I don't think it's going to be because of the challenges. I think it's going to be because the referees are going to be concerned about getting overturned. So they're going to call it a little closer. I think they're going to always, and I think we'll see it in the preseason, I think we're going to see more pass interference calls because I think they're afraid to get it overturned. Now, you know, at the end of the game, I mean, like, look, I, I don't know how they plan on handling the jump ball in the end zone. Like, seriously, if you if you have the ball with, it's going to really, say you have the ball at the 40-yard line with 14 seconds to go, I mean, would you would you rather try to throw a 10-yard pass and kick a field goal, or would you rather take three shots at the end zone on, on, on an alley-oop? Yeah. No, it's true. The other part of this is too, is it's like, it's just a buzzkill. Like, think about in hockey, right? Last two minutes of a game or overtime, they put the whistles away. Like, you got to maim a guy to get a call. There's nothing worse late in an NFL game and you go, are you kidding? 28 all inside the 30. I got a pass interference call. Like, you've got to literally just take the guy's head off for right. that to be the call. Well, Doesn't you got to literally do what happened in the New Orleans Rams game that wasn't <laughs> called, right? I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> the, this whole rule was set up to avoid, you know, that call, yet they couldn't make that call. I mean, this really is so, so classic NFL. They're reacting to one call I think it's going to affect the over and under I really do because I think we're going to see more these referees we can talk about all they want I think they're going to be concerned about what they do when it comes time to uh when they make a call I don't think they want to get overturned I think they're going to call and say hey look here it is yeah and I think it's going to affect I think you're going to see more two or three of these calls that's six points that affects the over and under I I think early in the season the overs are going to be good plays yeah well there's no question that obviously there's so much scrutiny about it and people are going to be upset no matter what speaking of scrutiny how about Jeff Fisher he's now moonlighting as an NFL analyst he's saying he wouldn't want to be a kicker for Nagy's Bears now here's his reasoning he said that his understanding is that Nagy's not shying away from it he keeps showing the video of it they talk about it a lot it's like this isn't like a bad breakup you have in your life and you just try to forget those memories and erase it from your brain. You're like, no, you have to see it. You have to relive it again. And Fisher said, listen, I wouldn't want to be a guy going into that situation. You agree? Uh, you know, it's, do you think Phil Mickelson goes home and watches the putty misses, <laughs> you know, what that cost them the <laughs> U.S. Open? on six. Oh, yeah, my God. Uh, do you think, you know, I, I had a chance to win out at Shinnecock, but I three-putted. You know, let me watch that again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me watch that yeah. three putt again tonight. Do you think he does that? I mean, seriously. What, like, what, what 
what happened to the power of positive thinking, right? Positive visualization. You know that. Sports psychologists all the time. Just whatever happens bad, it's off to Pluto. Focus on the positive. Chris Berman used to tell me that. He goes, if you screw up on air, it's off to Pluto. Move on to the next one. Don't think about it. The yeah. Bears approach the complete opposite. Yeah, they're going to keep. I, I think to me, if I'm Matt Nagy, I would alter what I'm doing. I would say, look, every fourth and one, if I'm in that borderline area where it's a field goal, I'm going to go for it. Screw it. I'm going to take the Doug Peterson approach and just say, screw it. Three points on yeah. this. I got such a good defense. I'm going to play to that. Look, I don't know how you handle this situation. To me, the only way you handle this situation is get a veteran kicker. But we know this. Minnesota tried this, right? Dan Bailey, you know, he started missing kicks going up there. You're kicking in Soldier Field. You're kicking in Chicago with weather. That's a tough place to kick, a heavy grass field. That field is heavy. I think it's going to be a challenge to get a good – and once you get a good one, I think you got to be overly patient. But I think what the Bears are going to do is they're not going to have any patience. And I think that's going to be even more problematic, and that's what's happened. They let a kicker go that was a good kicker. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if – I don't know if taking it head on and confronting the issue is really the which way you want to go. I just can't imagine, you know, Phil Mickelson saying, you know, Amy, let's watch this. Watch, watch this three putt here at Shinnecock. I could have been the U.S. Open champion three times, you know. Uh, I could have been somebody. I could have been a contender. I could have been a contender. How about the Browns Odell Beckham saying the Giants stunted my physical, mental and spiritual growth? When you think about stunted growth, Mike, you think of that when your kids were like in high school, right? Like, oh, he was his growth development was stunted. You always think of like a high school kid or something like that. You don't think of like a true NFL player. And speaking of all those issues, and that's like my physical growth, my emotional, but my spiritual growth. Like, how how exactly do you stunt a grown man's spiritual growth? He did not look like he was unhappy. I think when he went on that on that that trip down there with the boat, did you think that stunted his growth when he took the team down there? <laughs> I mean, this Odell Beckham is the gift. By the minute. Keep, yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, it's just a gift. He just keep, he can't shut up. It's like unbelievable. I, I I don't understand it. And then he talks about the Patriots. Look, how do you would you like to be John Dorsey reading this crap every single day? Oh, you know, and, and and I think and I wrote the column about it. Like to become good to great, Jim Collins has five principles. I wrote about it for the Athletic, and one of them is to stop talking. Like stop talking about yesterday. Like Odell, like somebody's got to call Odell in the room and say, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't they? I would think, but it kind of goes back to like your Aaron Rodgers theory. Like, hey, uh, I'm the biggest and baddest guy in the room. So who's going to shut me up? Like if you're Odell, you just go like, dude, I'm the star. You trade for me. You know who I am. I'm the prima donna star receiver. I'll do what I do. Like, I mean, look, you can say a lot of things about the Giants, but really the way I'm reading this is, is the only person that could have affected this is Eli Manning because he was the quarterback. Did he stun his growth? Like, why is it the next question that? I mean, now, uh, uh, Christopher Sims says Eli 34th on his list, you know? And I mean, that's, you know, that's, look, the Giants think, like, I'm not the only one that thinks Eli's done. Christopher's got him 34th on his list. If you think he's better, make him 26. He's still not in the top five. Like, to me, I, I think this Odell stuff, the problem with Odell is he's a little bit like uh, my man, the baller, you know, uh, the ball's that. He says, LeVar Ball, yeah. LeVar Ball, he just <laughs> says shit and, and everybody reacts to it. Finally, ESPN got pissed off at him. They shut him up, right? At some right, point. On first take, he made that comment to Molly Karam. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like at some point, it's a, did you have enough of him before he made the comment to Molly? Yeah, he, she said, let's switch gears. And he, and he said, you can switch gears with me anytime. And at that point, ESPN said, "Okay, we've had enough." By the I way, mean, he said he was, and he said he was not meaning anything sexual. He said because her mind's in the gutter if she thinks that. I mean, but at some point, when did you not have enough of this guy? I mean, I had enough right. of him before the kid got done graduating UCLA. Like, this is this <laughs> stuff here. 
is really based on no everybody's and they feed this stuff is fed to the guy and the guy feeds it and and his ego is out of control we and and that's going to affect their team like i i mean we'll talk about cleveland later in the over and under but i i don't see how i've never seen a team with a player like this that wins i've never seen it you show me one in any sport. It's a good point. Everyone always says, oh, I want talent. I can make a guy fit. Like, yeah, but ultimately, like, you can't have a selfish prima donna as your best player. You can't. Like, it's just not a recipe just, It doesn't work. It doesn't right. work. I, I mean, he just keeps talking. I don't understand it. Yeah. All right. We'll talk more about Cleveland in a second, as you mentioned. Here's the one that, honestly, Mike, I've been wanting to ask you for a while, because I know there's nobody who is more eager for some news here, which is Tyreek Hill could receive a suspension as early as next month. So June 25th we are. I know you've been counting down the days. We're looking at early July. He could get a suspension. How crazy is this? The NFL dragged their feet on this one. I mean, how long was it taking? Are they sending John Luther from the show Luther over there to check this out? Like, <laughs> I would feel better if they sent him in there, you know? Him and, you know. Have you ever watched Luther, by the way? I haven't. I heard it's excellent. That's a show with Idris Elba, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And Ruth Wilson is as good as as any actress on any show ever. She plays this psychiatric, this nut job, uh, Alice Morgan. She's incredible. Together, the both of them are just unbelievable. This season, just they had four episodes. It was great, but he's a great detective. I mean, like, we should send him into this case. Here's the reality of the situation. We still don't know where the kid is. If he's still in protective custody, like, something happened. Like, at some, if, if he can't take care of his own son, how can he play, like, four games? You think that's going to be enough? I mean, four games? I, I mean, you know. Half the season. How about eight games? I mean, look, I think eight games. I think 12 games to me. To me, if I was the commissioner, 12 games. Because I think eight games plus four he never got suspended for. Like, at some point, you know, now, so what you want. But, I mean, the guy, I've talked to two people that interviewed this kid. And one of the, one of the scouts that I talked to actually worked at Cleveland at one time. And he was talking about how – there's no chance. Like, at some point, this guy has some anger issues. Now, I just don't know if it's ever going to change. We'll see. But I hope it does. But I think the league can't keep delaying this and delaying this. Like, at some point, quick action has to come into play. And Andy Reid, it's interesting, Mike. On the one hand, like, I know he's got a big heart. Obviously, we know what happened with his own children, and he likes to give second chances. But part of me sometimes says, like, didn't you do your due diligence on this one? Like, I, I like giving second chances, but at the same time, if a guy – doesn't deserve them, then why give them those opportunities? Does that make sense? They all think they've done their due. They all think when they drafted him, I remember talking to somebody at the Chiefs and saying, we've done our homework. And I'm like, how can you do your homework? Like, the guy got thrown out of Oklahoma State. Like, it's on. It's evidence. There's no homework to do. Now, if you're telling me he's never going to do it again, okay, great. But to me, that's what the Chiefs were saying. We're going to take a chance on this guy. But there's an apparently, and, I, and again, he hasn't been convicted, although it doesn't sound like they're too sure what happened in this situation. But something happened to a child, and I don't know how they can – this isn't a second-time offense. I really don't. Yeah, it's a scary situation. It we really may is. get some clarity. We all need to talk to someone, a person who could support us through rough patches or even the everyday ups and downs of life. That's where Talkspace comes in. Yeah, Talkspace is therapy for how we live today, Mike. It's mobile, it's available when you need it, and it's affordable. I mean, listen, life is stressful, man. I'm moving right now. I got four boys between work, family, everything in between. It's not always easy to find time for yourself. You know that, too, with kids and grandkids and your job and traveling. There's a lot going on right now. 
Yeah, you know, you no longer have to wait for your next appointment to talk to what's on your mind. With Talkspace, you can send unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist from the privacy of your own device from anywhere at any time. And look, there is no way you can predict when you want to talk to somebody. That's what makes Talkspace so effective. If you're having a tough time, you can always schedule a live video session with your therapist for eye-to-eye contact. It's affordable. One month of therapy on Talkspace platforms cost about the same amount as a single face-to-face session. Best of all, you never have to wait to share what's on your mind. And Talkspace is more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code TALK to get your first week free and show your support for this show. That's TALK and Talkspace.com. All right, over-unders, as you teased ahead of time, we're going to focus on the AFC North this time. So we begin with those Browns over under at nine wins for the season. By the way, they and the Steelers both the over under of nine. So neck and neck, Cleveland or Pittsburgh could be the beast the AFC North. You see it that way? I, I, I think Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh over nine. I even like Ben Roethlisberger to be the MVP of the league. Wow. I do agree. He's got something to prove. He's tired of Antonio Brown talking about him. I don't think you can underestimate that desire that lingers in people that just drives you. I don't think you can underestimate that. And I think for sure, like I I, I think Cleveland, just based on everything, if you take Jim Collins' five points about what it takes to be good to great, and you look at them and you say, okay, where are they with that one? I'm going to read them off to you here. uh, Yeah. Because, all right, the – there's a pause in this, but the first one is, okay, be humble from one year to the next. That's not the Browns, okay? Add more great team players. Okay, they've added players, but they're not – I mean, oh, you think Odell Beckham's a great team player? Like, seriously, be simple, let the players play. Well, maybe they'll do that, okay? Discipline is the key, to be able to handle tough situations and fight through, okay? And then five, don't react to the latest trends or technology. Like, the Browns are not doing any of those three th- – any of those five things – Companies that go good to great practice those habits. I think Freddie Kitchens is in for a challenge. I don't know. I don't see him winning nine games. I think there's going to be moments in the last six minutes of games that always determine the outcome. And you've got to have discipline. You've got to have team players. And you've got to have the fortitude to be able to win that. Can the Browns do it? I don't think so. This is a team generating from some people. Pub is a Super Bowl contender. And you're thinking they are a 500 team. I think I think if they got to 500, that would allow them to grow. grow. I don't think you go from bad, from no wins to 12 wins. I think there's it's too hard. Like there's moments in the game that you got to really be able to capture. And I think the Steelers, to me... I think the Steelers are going to say, look, we got rid of the guys that we needed to get rid of. We take a huge hit to do it, and I think we're coming back hungry. There's an old saying, the hungry soldier's the best soldier. I, I truly believe that. I do agree with that, and that's why, like you said, the Steelers over under at nine. You take the over. They're a 10-win team. Roethlisberger, a lot to prove. He's fired up. How about the Ravens at eight and a half? They move on from Joe Flacco. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's a guy that can uh, do a lot of things with his legs along with his arm. Eight and a half over under. Are they a 500 team or are they a 10-win team and knocking on the playoffs? I think they're a 500 team. I think it's going to be hard defensively for them to duplicate what they did. Where are they going to get the sacks from? Can they rush the passer? Can they get those things done? And they played complementary football with their offense last year if people go in there and just force Lamar Jackson to throw the ball and force him to beat you or if the Ravens don't get ahead in the game early because when you look at when they were able to turn it around and win they played from in front now the Charger game they came from behind but for the most part they were able to set the pace of the game 
I just don't know how good they're going to – and if they get in a shootout with Kansas City, if they get in a shootout with Pittsburgh, how do they match? Is their defense good enough? I don't know. I think they're a 500 team. I think Lamar's got to take that giant step forward. I'll be wrong on Baltimore if Lamar does what he did from the time he was a freshman at Louisville to his sophomore year. If he does that, then I'm going to be way wrong. It's interesting. I, I'm cheering for him. I hope he is great because I think he's electrified. He's fun. But I'm with you that I'm skeptical that it can happen day in, day out, and I worry if he can stay healthy. And I worry they have enough skill around them to really magnify what he can do. Like, I would have drafted big receivers that could catch the ball and run after the catch. I would have drafted littler guys that could stretch the field because, for me, his catch radius, he's not going to be accurate all the time. you got to throw the ball to areas with this guy, and you need guys that can extend and make plays on him. You need a bunch of DeAndre Hopkins to go along with Lamar Jackson. You don't need little guys with a small catch radius, and I think that that's what happens. Hollywood Brown, yeah, great. Is he going to be able to stay in there and wait for Hollywood Brown to get open? I don't think so. I think Lamar's going to see it and go. You know, I think he needs big receivers, and when when you watch Louisville on tape, when he was humming, they had big receivers. They really weren't blazers. None of them are playing in the league. Now, Devontae Adams is, but they were mm-hmm. big guys who could catch. I think that's the recipe is get great hands, big guys, because he's going to throw it in a crowd. Yeah, no question about that. All right, last team is the Bengals, over under at six. Could be ugly for Andy Dalton and company. Uh, you know, I think to me, I, I, I would st- – this is a stay away because I don't really have a handle right yet on the Bengals. And, and look, the Bengals could be 3-1 and one in September, but are they going to – but but are they going to turn – they were good last year in September. They just fell apart. I don't know. I'd stay away. I'm a stay away. I'm not a believer in the Bengals. I'm not a believer in what they're doing. I think, you know, they're trying to fix their offense and everybody thinks they're going to run. They got some talented players, though. They do. It's just whether they can come together as a team. I don't know. So 6-10 and 10 probably feels about right then. Like I said, you don't want to push the over-under because they feel like they're definitely a bad team. Just how bad, we don't know. Lastly, NBA draft here. Zion goes one, John Morant goes two, R.J. Barrett to the New York Knicks three. And the word that I had read, Mike, was that this draft was going to be the top three are going to be electric players, like outstanding players. Obviously, you know about Zion. After that, could taper off a little bit. DeAndre Hunter, Virginia goes to four. But what did you make of the NBA draft? You know, look, I know you were a former employee of ESPN, but I think ESPN has to sit back and do a real comprehensive study on how they cover this draft. Because they're trying to cover it like the NFL draft, right? They're trying to have an analyst and a player break down the pick. And they're trying to figure out how the pick goes into the team. But the guy that really stirs the drink in the draft is Woj. Woj is unbelievable. Because he's got all the information. Him and Bobby Marks. Right. They, and, and, and because we don't know what teams are going to do in free agency, they should just and no disrespect to Jay Billis or Chauncey Billups, but just get them out of there like they're in the way. Like, I don't need Jay Billups telling me about P.J. Washington. Like, I need to know what other moves Charlotte's going to make. Right. Like, this right. Is, we, yeah, Billups loves to talk about wingspan and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. I mean, you know, we all read about that. Like, how does he fit into the team? What's the next move? What's the domino going to happen? How's it all play? I mean, Wojo's sitting on a pile of information that we can't get unless we look into Twitter. Like, if you're ESPN, you got to say to yourself, well, we got to do it. We have to change how we're doing this. Like, this is not right. And I think that's what happens with drafts. I think that when you have guys like Adam Schefter and they're basically, they're basically news distributors let them distribute mm-hmm. the news like give us that we want that like i can go read about matisse Thibault. i can read about his wingspan i can read about where does he but like i want to know what's the next move the sixers are going to make like i want to know why they didn't make a move to san antonio i want to know what teams they didn't trade for you know it's amazing too when you think about woes like he's he's great he's got so much information you know what i said to him once he goes <laughs> he said imagine the stuff that i don't report 
Like, think about that. Those information guys, the camera chef, think of how much info over the years oh, they, they've been told by an official and said, hey, you can't use that. But just so you know, this is happening. And oh, it happens all the time. It. Like, there's stuff I can't right. report. I know what's going on. You can't report it. But, like, I'm not saying you can't, like, give people an indication of what's to come. Like, hey, look, I think, you know, and, and when you have to constantly look at Twitter instead of watching the broadcast, you know, it's it's hard. It's like to me, that's what made the draft so painful. And then we're talking about, you know, like where it does. And then because it doesn't follow, like I'm not looking to have Mel Kuyper back on there. But I mean, like I want to know exactly how it all fits. And I think Bobby Marks and Woj, those guys make more sense to cover this. So now I'm sitting here five days after the draft. I know nothing. I'm craving news. I know nothing. The Knicks, by the way, $70 million in cap space. And as you said previously, who's going to have the cojones to go sign Durant to that five-year $200 million deal? Oh, you know the Knicks. It's burning a hole in their pocket. I mean, you think the Knicks have anything like, you know, there's two kind of organizations. They're solution-based and sustainable, right? The solution-based organizations say, whatever we have to do today to win, we're going to do it. The sustainable ones say, whatever we can do to sustain this for a long time. What do you think? Do you think Dolan's sitting there? <laughs> you know what laughing it makes me think of like sopranos like those losers remember those two guys christopher's buddies oh uh, one of them was little brincata from a bronx yeah. tale like those guys as soon as they get the money mike they can't wait to go to the strip club and blow win. their money they just, oh, they just couldn't dead beats. and you knew they were going to get shot they're doing richie april can you imagine doing richie april favor can you imagine the stupidity <laughs> of that the best scene of that was the best scene of that was when they went to the fish market when they were doing this when they were doing the uh the, the executive game and Christopher had yeah. to go buy a bunch of things and Christopher put the cigarette, uh, the, the matches under the thing to, to screw the pound up so he can get more with the poundage. You know, it always <laughs> makes me think when my mother would ask me to go to Downey's here in Ocean City and get like milk and bologna and the guy would cheat me out of bologna and she'd send me back like, like I had that done to me. I'm an idiot. Speaking of upbringing and your life now, the funniest moment we've had prior to recording occurred today. You started yelling at one of your beloved dogs and as you said to me, she's just so Italian. Please she's explain so what that means. You, you can't, you know, Bella, people, Bella's from Italy. She's from Bologna. Her sister, Lana, they're half sisters. And, and, and you can't sneak up on her either. Like she would have to sit with her back to the wall in a restaurant. Like there's no chance. And today we're walking and some runner came by and she almost attacked the guy. Poor amputated his leg, you know, because he snuck up on her. You know, she's so Italian and she can't. She loves to get on. She loves to bark and make her present. I thought when we moved in this house, she wouldn't be able to do it. She can't, can't control herself. She wants to be a star. <laughs> Who's more Italian, her or you? She's way more Italian than me. She's way more Italian than me. <laughs> She's got a, and she's got a, like a true pissed off disposition all the time. Like at three o'clock, her ass is going to show up here at this desk. Like feed me, bitch. Like it's time. Let's go. <laughs> we aren't going to top that. GM Shuffle is always subscribe, rate, review. Thank you, sir.